Now we are having our masterclass as is tradition on this show. I'm Thabo, Shole Mashao, standing in for Rilebukhile. And uh, I haven't changed or no moved furniture because every other feature that you would expect on the show is right here. Masterclass today. And uh, this is a masterclass on being on a cruise ship. How do you feel about it? You'd know that over the years, cruising has somehow become a preferred holiday uh, alternative for some and many people. And it has continued to make significant strides, contributing largely to uh, various economies, local economies and our economy as South Africa. Other people prefer to go on a cruise uh, ship for, for a holiday and have a great time unwind. But when do you go? When is the right time to go? How do you apply? What are you going to do when you get there? All those questions we will ask right now because the MD, Managing Director of MSC Cruises South Africa, is here. Ross Falk is joining me in front of me in studio and uh, he'll answer all those questions. And although this is growing in popularity, we know very little about it generally, and I'm speaking for myself in this instance, that uh, the business is somehow not as known. And this is from different perspectives and different people. From how do I book the ticket? What am I allowed to bring on board? Will I be able to communicate to my employer, to my family back at home and tell them that I'm in the middle of the ocean and I'm having a fantastic time? How does it all work? Perhaps you have been on a cruise ship. Feel free to give us a call and contribute. Or perhaps you want to work. You are looking for work and you're thinking, what do I need to do? How do I need to apply? It's a masterclass on cruise ships. 702 Masterclass. Ross Falk is joining me, Managing Director of MSC Cruises in South Africa. Ross, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Tabo, thanks so much for the opportunity and the privilege and thanks to your listeners for uh, for listening and contributing to the session. Are you straight from a ship, uh, landed at O.R. Tambo and drove all the way to the studio? Wouldn't I wish that that was the case? <laughs> or better yet, we could have been doing this on board the ship. Oh man, there's still time to do that. You're the MD, you take decisions, we can just do it next week. So Ross, welcome, really appreciate you being here. And I mean, of course we know about cruise ships, but from movies and of course some of us have been there, but... We don't know way too much about it. This is a very, th- it's a 360 degree uh, business. It contributes to the economy. You have all sorts of people working on it. But maybe right from the beginning, how many people are employed on a cruise ship? Depends on the size of the vessel. Yeah. So the smallest ship in our fleet carries passengers of about 2,400 okay. and there'll be about 960 crew members on board. Mm-hmm. The next up will have 1,014 um, and yeah. then it goes all the way up to the biggest vessel that we have on our in our fleet at 6,800 passengers. We'll have 2,650 odd crew members right. on board. So. You know, on on average, in any given uh, stage, we probably have in the region of about fifty five thousand people working on board the vessels that we have around what? the world. That's a huge number, and so this simply means that it's a business that you can't discard or uh, sniff it. It's it's really very important to the economic generation of any economy. Globally, it's huge. I mean, globally, it probably contributes in the region of about 170 billion US dollars in uh, in various areas. Okay, and uh, it transports 30 million passengers pre-COVID uh, globally. Yeah. So it's yeah. not a it's not a small industry. It's yeah. an enormous industry, um, and there are a lot of uh, moving parts within it that that add complexity. Complexities to it. You've got to move a hotel. It's not just simply yes. having it in yes. one place. Yes. So weather becomes quite an important factor.
capacity yeah. to consider. But it is an enormous industry that contributes massively to, to the respective local economies that are frequented by cruise vessels. I'm going to come to um, recruitment and all of that technical stuff that goes with it. But I just want to know, there's someone who's listening right now and thinking, listen, it's already the beginning of the year, but I'm tired. I just need a bit of a holiday. When is it the right time to go on a cruise? When you need to go on a holiday. <laughs> so, no, I mean, in, in all honesty, it, yeah. it needs to fit your your parameters. Yeah. So those people that have children in school, probably yeah. you're looking at the school holidays. So that would have been December, January, okay. uh, or rather December through early January, uh, late March, early April, when you've got your school holidays. Yeah. And if you're going internationally, then you can look in your winter holidays of uh, July, August, depending on which schools you go to. Mm. Um, but uh, if you don't have, then possibly one of the best times for you as a, a sort of a retiree or, or yeah. more experienced member of the community, uh, you'd look at probably one of the quieter spaces without the children. You can go then sort of any time in, in mm. outside of the peak times. Yeah. Um, we operate a South African season from November through to the middle of April at the moment. Okay. Um, so you've got options every Friday, every Monday to choose from. Mm-hmm. We've got two ships, one in Cape Town, one in, uh, one in Durban mm-hmm. that offers you a weekly basically break that you can go on so the right time is when you feel you need to yeah but also catered for whatever your specific mm. requirements are do you want yes. a kids holiday do you want a romantic getaway do you want yeah. to you know your family with do you want to go by yourself do you what you know what is it that you want there's there's a there's a, an option catered for all of all of those options mm. and i'm just wondering um is that affordable Yes. So, likewise, with every opportunity that yeah. you could have, there's there's a there's an option for everyone's pocket. Mm, mm. So there's there's different cabin categories on board, from an inside through to the suites. Um, on some of the newer ships, we have the ship within a ship concept, which mm. has ultra luxury uh, really? cabins. Seventy one on the the Splendid, which is coming to South Africa now in uh, in November. But the budget sort of is is applicable to each one of those, so mm. you can choose. And I think also one of the great things from a cruising perspective is that. You, you pay a minimal deposit in South Africa of 3,000 yeah. Rand. That secures your deposit, your, your cabin. And that allows you to then pay off up until 75 days prior to departure. So if I book a cruise now for next year yeah. in February, I only have to come up with 3,000 now. And then I've got the opportunity to pay it off over a period of time. And, and we're yeah. seeing that South Africans, you know, are quite resilient in the way in which they save in yeah. terms of stock fells and, and those yes. kind of investment yes. mechanisms. And we often get people coming to the office and saying, well, here's my monthly installment. So they're paying it off. Some, almost sort of uh, an installment basis. So, you know, there is an option. And, and from a monetary perspective, well, it is probably one of the best value for money holidays you can get. Because if I take a look at going away, you know, the ancillary costs of entertainment, food, um, and doing things mm. is quite expensive and mm. you don't budget for it. When you book the accommodation and your, your flights, you kind of look at it as that's the yes. holiday. Yes. You don't think about all the other added stuff that yeah. comes together with it and that starts to add up to your pocket, mm. out of your pocket. Yeah. So a cruise, everything is included except for the drinks. So your yeah. food, your entertainment, everything on board is all included. You don't have to think about it and you yeah. don't have to worry about it being out of, out of your important. pocket. It's all done. Yeah. So if you're not so a, eat as much as I want to, yeah, if you, if you're not an ardent drinker, then uh, you're pretty frugal <laughs> with your, uh, with your expenses. Tell me uh, now um, I've booked. Everything else is fine. I get onto a cruise and I'm thinking, listen, I'll be stuck in a ship for five days doing nothing. What am I going to do? I'll be twiddling my thumbs. What, what do I do? Sure. Uh, there, there's so much. The entertainment on board is obviously uh, pre-programmed. We've got a, a cruise director that's dedicated yeah. to onboard experiences. So there are two shows a day that happen in the evening uh, based on your dinner seating. So it'll happen uh, seven o'clock and nine o'clock. 
Uh, your dinner seating will be from quarter past six to eight o'clock will be the first one. So you go to the nine o'clock show. If you've got the, the late dinner sitting, you'll go to the early show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the day, each of the lounges on board the ship, so take, for example, MSC Orchestra has got seven uh, lounges yeah. and uh, bar areas. There's musicians that rotate on that uh, throughout oh. the day. Uh, you've got bingo, you've got uh, dance classes, so yes. they can even try and teach someone as uh, incompetent <laughs> at dancing as me. Yeah. Um, they'll karaoke lessons. Yeah. There's karaoke in the evening in various places. There's a nightclub on board. So I'd, I'd find, I think you'd be hard pressed to find something you couldn't do on board yes. the ship. Um, and be bored. If you're, if you're bored, you've chosen to be to staying be, in your yes. room, reading your book or, yes. or, or trying to relax. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there's always something for you to do. And I'm asking these questions, uh, for now, uh, from a viewpoint of, um, a potential, um, a guest on a cruise, someone who would want to come on, on a cruise later on. I'd love for us to speak about the technicalities. How do you fit everything else that you do in, in a ship and, uh, the jobs that are created? How do people apply and all sorts of stuff? But from now, a perspective of someone who's interested in coming through. So you have options of uh, between five days to how many days? So South Africa has uh, three and four predominance. Okay. And then uh, the longer cruises during our holiday period are uh, five, seven, and 12. Five, uh, seven, and yeah. 12. So Christmas, for example, was seven nights this last year. Uh, you had 14-night New Year cruise. You had one five-night out of Cape Town. And yeah. uh, uh, Easter will be a five-night cruise this yeah. year um, as well. So the traditional one is Monday to Friday, and then uh, the uh, sort of, I would say, uh, the party element of the cruise is the weekend, Friday to Monday, uh, different destinations. So four nights out of the East Coast calls at Pemeni, the three night calls at Portuguese Island, and Mm. then the four night uh, out of Cape Town calls at Volfus Bay, Mm. five night generally at Volfus and Luteritz, and then a three night is uh, to Mossel Bay Mm. on uh, on the West Coast. 17 minutes after 2 o'clock. Thanks very much for joining us. We're on 702 and it's a master class wherein we speak about cruise ships. Everything else that you need to know from uh, being a holiday maker to a potential employee and uh, someone who wants to partner with them. And my guest is none other than Ross Falk, who's the managing director of MSC Cruise Ships, uh, Cruises South Africa. And we'll continue this discussion. If you want to join the discussion in any other way, feel free to do so. The number to dial over. 11883 0702. Masterclass. Masterclass on cruise ships. Ross Falk is my guest managing director of uh, MSC Cruises South Africa, and we are speaking about everything that has got to do with cruise ships every single thing perhaps you had a fantastic time you want to contribute perhaps you want a bit of knowledge on this that and the other how do you get employed or how do you partner with them or there's a route that you want to take them to task with that why don't you take this route uh ross is here to uh, speak about all of that and more ross let's now I look at um, another element of all of this. Someone may then wonder um, how do they get employed because employment is a huge issue in South Africa and something that we can't ignore. Uh, where do you apply normally? Do you have to be on a cruise ship to apply? Do you send uh, a CV somewhere? And who is the right candidate to work on a cruise ship? So I think let's deal with the, the candidate uh, firstly. Yeah. So someone obviously with some form of hospitality experience would be 
there would be chiefly among them the be, the the sort of more valued candidate mm. because at the end of the day they've got some experience mm. but that's not to say that there aren't training facilities sure. available to to upskill people who've not had that experience i think for me one of the big things that you see in all these uh, recruitment spaces is mm. find the right attitude and train the skill. Yes. And I think that's very important for, for someone in a hospitality space is that you can't afford to be uh, um, someone who doesn't like people yes. or doesn't engage with people well. Yes. And and in probably in some cases doesn't have a thick skin because mm. uh, human beings are, mm. are quite challenging at times uh, yeah. in, in spaces, especially on Tough holidays when they, when they don't get what they want. <laughs> Um, so you know you've got to have you've got to have personality. Yeah. You've got to be able to to have the right attitude, want to work, yes. you know, proactive. Those kind of things are qualities that are important. Yeah. Um, in terms of application, we're, we're just in the process of revamping our our recruitment process. Um, we've got uh, some some exciting things coming in the pipeline. But uh, in collaboration with MSC Cargo, uh, pre-COVID 2019, we opened up what's called the Social Laws of Ocean Academy. And that was aimed at trying to drive employment within the South African space. And the, 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 the sort of principle around that was looking at making sure that, that we are contributing to the solution yeah. of employment within South Africa. So the view there is to try and put a 1,000 South Africans on board our ships oh within uh, the globe yeah. uh, every year for the next five years. And then mm. we'll reevaluate the, sure. the, the targets. So um, at the moment, we're busy shifting the various email addresses around, but yeah. the, uh, the website is uh, Yeah. On there will be the, the sort of uh, crew journey. It is a tough job. I mean, yeah. normally the contracts range from between six and seven months. Yeah. It's working seven days a week. Mm. Um, and then you get obviously the time off when you're mm. compensated for, for the time that sure. you're on board. Um, the requirements for being on board, obviously you need what's called an STCW training, which is uh, your standard maritime requirement training, which is mm. safety, fire, uh, basic medical uh, training. Sure. And then you need a clean medical, uh, yeah. which we'll talk to you about, uh, you know, that you're not going to be a hazard on board in yes. terms of your working commitments that you, you you're – uh, and I don't know the specifics, and I'd be lying if yeah. I went through the specifics. But yeah, you've, got, you've, health, got, you've, got to, you've got to have a medical that allows you to go on board the vessel, yeah. um, and those are very costly. And and it is important to ensure that you don't get uh, fleeced by people out there, and that mm. you actually get the right uh, training. We are looking at trying to bring some of our STCW training in house, so mm. that we can do it for you, mm. um, and also trying to alleviate some of the burdens of the medicals as well through yes. various partners. But these are things that are exciting in the future in the yes. pipeline. I can't really disclose it yet yeah. but the principle is the STCW is mandatory as well as the the medical and then you get you get there can apply and then go on board talk to us about various categories of careers uh, on on a ship sure i mean it, as with the hotel there's there's mm. everything yeah. so there's there's your your uh, uh, cabin steward uh, there's mm. your uh, deckhands your uh, uh, galley staff chefs yeah. Um, all of those kind of uh, uh, jobs within that space. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, barmen, waiters, waitresses, uh, maitre d's, your officers of the deck, your mm. captains, um, security. Um, there's your specialist entertainers, mm. uh, musicians. There's all sorts of uh, categories. In fact, everything that you could possibly think of at a hotel yes. has on board the ship yeah. as well as the additional of having to transport something so yeah. it has a captain it has a, a staff captain which yes. is effectively your co-pilot in, in okay. an airline yeah. uh, reference um, and then your you know your cabin stewards on, a, on an aircraft would be similar to those uh, people working in the in the galley staff mm. and and in the restaurants mm. so there's a there's a vast opportunity for for everyone there's front of house guest relations um, there's all sorts of opportunities on board the ship that, that you can engage in. Is it true that married people are not allowed to work on ships? 
No, that's that's false. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had that. I thought, let me throw it out. It's, isn't it? Look, I think yeah. some companies may have policies that yeah. uh, preclude that, but yes. we we don't have that policy. Yeah. Um, you know, given the fact that you're away from home for so long, yeah. it's probably also encouraged to have a look at the fact that you've got your spouse there because yeah. maybe you might be less trouble, <laughs> um, you know, less partying because yes. your wife will be telling you you've got to be home at yes. this time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no, so we don't have a policy of not yeah. allowing uh, partners on, on the vessel to work. Then I'm in. Yeah, but Ross, there's just so much. I mean, you've spoken about from being a, a waiter, a waitress uh, to... Uh, people who who are into the beauty industry, the dancers, and everything else, and and surely um, then it means your recruitment policies have to be very stringent, especially with those kind of hours. You have to screen people a little bit far closer than an ordinary company would. Yeah, I mean the recruitment process is quite onerous. So we yeah. would do the the interviews here as a recruiter. Then yeah. we'd look at well, we'd look and evaluate the CV. We'd do the the interview here first round, and then there's the office in Sorrento. Mm. We then have a look at uh, vetting the employee sure. again and having a look at it. And it's not. It's onerous also because of the psychology of being on board a ship yeah. for so long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some some people are just not able to to be indoors for for seven mm, months and mm. and yes you do get a chance to go ashore so please don't yeah. the listeners think that we lock you in the ship and <laughs> yes. we never let you off that's not true you you do get a chance to go ashore yeah. and you've got leave time you've got time mm. to rest there are mandatory requirements in fact it's one of the most regulated industries in terms of employment mm. um you cannot exceed certain amount of work hours in a day you cannot exceed a certain number of work hours in a week mm. uh, those are all prescribed sure. by the imo so yeah. it's really really well educated but still the time of being away from your family for so long as well also takes its toll on individuals so you got to look at it from that perspective of every vetting process is done to the betterment of you the Mm. you the person coming on board because Mm. i don't know if i could go and be on there for for so long away from people um that i care about and and the comfort the comforts of home so you know it it, it's you got to be a special person to be out there yeah yeah and fitting all those things in a ship i mean the swimming pool and everything else that go with it uh, the, uh, the sound system, the tables, huge dinner tables, stages, and all of that. That simply then uh, speaks about um, the capacity of the ship to carry so much. Yeah, so it's an enormous, uh, it's an enormous, it's a mini city, effectively. Yeah. So, yeah. so not to be topical at this present moment yeah. in time, but uh, we generate our own power. Oh, um, <laughs> I see what you've done there. And our own water. <laughs> Um, so we have okay. a, we have a, a desalinization osmosis uh, plant on really? board the ship. So you mm-hmm. take it from salt water; it's desalinated, it, yeah. and uh, so you don't not reliant on shore water. Yeah, um, you're also not reliant on shore power when you mm. come to the ports. In mm. fact, there is an, an opportunity now where in some ports internationally you can have ship to shore power where it works both ways. Oh. Sometimes you can provide to the ship, and yeah. sometimes the ship can provide to to the, to, to the shore. Yeah. So uh, you know we we we're a self-contained environment. We mm. have everything. The 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 waste disposal is also created in a way that you've got black water, grey water, mm. uh, recyclables, non-recyclables, and you've got uh, all of your uh, your organic waste all treated differently. It's mm. treated and it's removed from the ship in line with the, the international guidelines. Mm. Um, in fact, I was on board one of our new vessels and they say the life cycle of an aluminium can yeah. is one week. From the time it's consumed really? to the time it goes back into circulation is one week. Really? We'll crush it on board. Yes. We'll deliver it to the shoreside facility that recycles it yes. into another can and then it'll go back into circulation within one week. My goodness me, that is 
definitely faster than an ordinary hotel. 29 minutes after 2 o'clock, uh, this is 7.02. I'm Thabo Sholemashao, and my guest is Ross Falk, Managing Director of MSC Cruise. And uh, we are talking about the masterclass, uh, masterclass on uh, cruise ship. And uh, we are touching on all aspects that have to do with cruise ships. We'd love to hear your calls, and I'll take your calls just after the news headlines at half past two. Feel free to start calling right now, 11 8830702 anything that you need to know about a cruise ship 702 masterclass our masterclass continues ross falk is my guest managing director of msc cruise ship south africa and uh, we are talking about everything else that has to do with cruise ships maybe you've been in one and maybe you're interested as far as the economies are concerned to provide procurement to to be involved in that uh, procurement space about it uh, ross will uh, explain that in a short while but i've been monopolizing my discussion with ross now it's your time to jump in with your calls on 011-883-0702. Angel, thanks for your patience. Uh, welcome. Hello. Hey, Angel, welcome. Yes, you're speaking to Angela. I'm asking, I'm coming to the cruise 22nd December ne? until the 27th. So now I want to know about the luggage. How big my luggage should be? Because I, I'm not quite sure. That thing I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Ross, over to you. Uh, um, thanks for the question. Um, so the luggage should probably be the standard size that you can take on a on an airplane. Obviously, the same baggage uh, handling requirements in terms of weight is important. If someone's got to pick it up, it can't be more than 30 kilograms. Um, it shouldn't be... There isn't a size restriction because you you know you you're not going into a small part of a component of a, a compartment of a plane, mm. but still in terms of you moving it around and the weight, it should be less than thirty kilograms. And the standard size suitcase that you can purchase in uh, in the shops is probably the best option for you. Mm. Um, you are limited to to the uh, depending on the cabin that you've booked, you're limited to either one or two bags um, of. Uh, 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 luggage that you place on board the ship and then you've obviously got your own carry-on that you can take on um, but uh, you know you're going for for five days I think uh, you know the standard size suitcase would be the best option for you Angel. Mm, Angel oh, you sorted? Yes, I'm when, sorted. when are you going? I'm going on the 22nd. Oh my goodness me. And maybe Angel, just a, just a reference for all of you and the guests. I think one of the biggest challenges we face at the port is documentation. So I urge yeah. every listener and person going on a cruise to make sure that you have a valid passport for at least six months prior to this, uh, prior to embarkation. If you are traveling with children, an unabridged birth certificate or a birth certificate that shows uh, both the mother and the father's details is important. Mm. If you are traveling with only one parent and the children then also in addition to the underbridge birth certificate is a letter uh, with the ID of the parent who's not going to take you out. These are requirements of the Department of Home Affairs and we often have conflicts with guests because they've booked this dream holiday and we have to stop them from going mm. because these are not these requirements are not met. So it's a great platform for me to urge all pas uh, all passengers to make sure that their documentation requirements are are met before they get on board. It's very important. So just for you just uh, Angel you you allowed me a good segue in there. Yeah. Angel, you sound organized. I'm sure all your paperwork is sorted out, ne? Yes, I am. But the other thing, they talked about the COVID uh, certificate, vaccine certificate. That's Very important. 
Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, challenges at the moment because from an, from a company perspective globally, we've actually changed our policy in terms of uh, uh, vaccinations, non-vaccinated and COVID mm. tests. But each country that we visit has their own specific rules. So, for example, Namibia has no rules like South Africa, in which mm. case we don't have any issues with mm. embarkation. The cruise you're going on is going to Mozambique. Currently, Mozambique still has a requirement that anyone who's not vaccinated requires a PCR test uh, uh, before embarking. So yeah. we are obliged under the rules of entry into yeah. Mozambique to request a COVID test. So, Angel, it's still a long time out. We are talking to the authorities in Mozambique to see if we can get these uh, rules relaxed. Keep watching uh, the, the documentation requirements and the website for any updates on it. And uh, hopefully in the coming months, we'll have some relaxing by the Mozambican authorities on their COVID requirements. Let's take some bit of voice notes that came on 072-702-1702. Hi, good afternoon, 702. My name is Numbulelo. Wow. I just got excited hearing about the cruise, the ship cruise. Um, I just love them. If I had all the money, I would go there twice a year, maybe. I've been on two already. The first one was about in 19, in 2014, um, to the Portuguese islands. It was brilliant. And then last year, again in September, we went for the Mediterranean cruise. It was lovely. It's exciting. It's just something I could do anytime if I had the money. We should have gone in 2020, but then COVID happened. And then everything was set back. But we said last year we are going and we were there 10 days on the cruise. Yeah, it was lovely. We flew to Spain and then Spain took the Mediterranean cruise to France, Italy, and then back to Spain. It was lovely. For Winnie, please ask your guest what happens when someone passes away on the ship? when it's still en route to the final destination. What is the process? What actually happens? Because I was on a ship in 2012 and someone actually had a heart attack and passed away. So yes, what's the process? Thank you, bye. Fantastic question, Ross. It's a very good question. Um, the, these unfortunate uh, events happen, mm. and uh, we have to be prepared. So there is there is a morgue on board. Oh. There is a full medical suite as well with doctors that are uh, capable of uh, um, what they call emergency care. Sure. Um, but if someone does die, obviously they're uh, they're certified by the doctor. They're placed mm. in uh, in the morgue, and as mm. standard practice, when they arrive in port, uh, police would be embarked, do the the sort of initial investigation, take some statements to to rule out any foul play, yeah. and then from there it would be dispatched to the morgue in uh, in the port that it's in, um, and then it would be certified by a South African doctor. In the case of coming to South Africa or an international doctor in a different port, mm. um, it would be then certified from there, um, and the the loved ones would be catered for and taken care of on board the ship um, and at the port destination. Very interesting. I didn't think of that one. 011-883-0702. Kim, you in Joburg? Hi. Yes. Hi. Uh, good afternoon, Tabo. Hi hey. to your guest. Hey. Hey, Kim. We, hi. We just returned on Monday from the Mozambique cruise. It was amazing. So from the time that you arrived at Home Affairs, no queues. That that system has improved vastly. 
Um, the staff. I have to compliment you on your staff. They are just amazing. My question is, what happens to the food? <laughs> the waste. There is a <laughs> lot of waste on the cruise. It's yeah. sad to see. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. It's a lovely question, and really thank you for the support and grateful for the feedback. I will pass it on to the ship as well. Um, so, as much as we would love to to sort of uh, take the food and provide it to to communities that are less fortunate than ourselves, we are governed by the IMO rules that stipulate that you you can't pass on food because of uh, allergies, uh, sell by dates, that kind of stuff. So, unfortunately, we do put it into a, a food compactor, and, and it's uh, it's uh, thrown away. I, I hate to say it on board because yeah. you know there are a lot of uh, really sure. starving people in yeah. the world that we would love to help, but there are requirements around it because of the mm. fact that. Food goes off. Uh, we often out at sea getting back to, to the communities would take some time and the food would definitely no mm. longer be in an edible space. Mm. So we salvage what we can in terms of, uh, you know, for example, uh, uh, recyclable stuff, cans, that kind of stuff, um, and make our sustainable footprint as, as low as possible. Um, but the food, unfortunately, will have to go away uh, into a compactor because of the, the dangers associated with food going off. Kim, yes, before I say goodbye to you and uh, make you a saint for thinking of those who are less privileged than ourselves, where did you go? Was that me, Tabo? Yeah, yeah. You, you Kim, where did you oh, go? The, uh, the Mozambique. Oh, Mozambique the, one. The Mozambique okay. PR. Yeah. Uh, due, to, due to Cyclone Freddy, we were unable to, to uh, hit the shore. Yeah. But still, um, they accommodated for that day's entertainment it's Sa safety first kim safety first hey jean in Joburg. hi jean hi hi Lord. i've got a question regarding the minimum age requirement mm. to apply for a job on a ship uh, you need to be older than uh in certain positions and certain countries older than 21 um, for obvious reasons in the US, for example, you can't work in a bar if you're under the age of uh, 21. Um, and generally, if you work in a US market, you'll be uh, required to be older than 21. Uh, in other markets, it is down to 18. Um, and uh, you can apply once, you, uh, once you've finished matric and you're older than 18 years old. Gina, you sorted any other follow-up? No, that's all. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, thanks for listening and calling through. Tabang in Pretoria. Hey, Tabang. Yes, hi, uh, Tavo and Ross. Hey, I've hey, Tavo. Um, yes, hi. I've got questions related to employment and, you know, career opportunities around there. Mm. The first one is, I've seen adverts where they advertise for DJs, but I didn't hear Ross mention such. The mm. other aspect related to jobs is that in the past, I've seen many adverts around, you know, cruise ship opportunities, whatever, but I found that some of them are scams and how... Mm do our kids then apply yeah. in a safe way that, you know, we, they don't end up, you know, sending their ID numbers and whatever to, to, to scam us. And my last point is, it's just an idea. Yeah. Um, FAA, um, you know, retains many staff members who have some... Mm. To mm. I think Ross should consider, you know, trying to attract those former uh, employers to yeah. see who, who would be suitable to actually 
join them in, 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 in the work that they do. Thank Interesting you. thoughts, Tabang, and a lovely question, and especially your consideration on former SAA employees. understand many of them are sitting at home and with great skills and uh, struggling quite a bit, and that's one of the issues that I was going to bring up much later on in on different shows. But uh, lovely, lovely thoughts, Tabang. Scammers, Ross, are we... Yeah, it's an incredible question, mm. and thanks to Bang for raising it. Uh, the DJs we do have, but we only have one or two on board the ship, so there's not as many opportunities, but certainly send the CV through. Uh, we are trying from a South African perspective, I will tell you through our theme cruises, to also try and look at promoting local uh, talent. Yeah. So uh, we have a number of themes, uh, O-Ship, for example, DJ oh. Fresh, Euphonic, yeah. um, and uh, uh, Kurt Darren and a couple of others we have mm. uh, on board. We always try and ask them to bring on some up-and-coming artists yes. to also try and promote that kind of music, mm. and uh, we're always looking for new artists as well. Mm. So actually a guest on the last cruise said to me, they, they love this person, please can we look at doing it, and I yeah. passed the details on. Yeah. The, the scams are a big problem. I think the way to pick the scams up from a recruitment perspective is they will ask you to pay money to facilitate your, oh. uh, your application. We will never ever ask you to, for money to facilitate your application. As part of your application process, we fit the bill for any administrative costs. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing an advert for a crew member that you need to pay 500, 1,000, 2,000, whatever the, the, the number is, we will not ask you for money to facilitate your application. Your application mm-hmm. to us and the ancillary interviews are all done free of charge. Okay, we are not allowed under IMO rules to even charge for anything related mm. to that recruitment process. So mm. the way to spot the scammers is they're asking you for money. Yeah, that's an easier way to, to, to say this is not right. And I mean, you also have a website and people can always verify with you yep. because desperation is there. Someone is looking for a job so badly and they're thinking me parting with 500 rands, it's no matter at all. Right. But then uh, the confirmation has to be done. Yeah, if in doubt, you can yeah. phone the call center, you can phone and send an email through to sure. customer care and ask the question. We're always happy to help. Uh, it, it pains me and hurts me every time I get a statement from someone yeah. that says that they paid money to someone yeah. to get recruited because it really hurts the fact that yes. you know desperate South Africans are really in an even bigger problem mm. and we would never charge money for for uh, recruitment MJ in Midrand hello MJ MJ hi hi, hi. good hey afternoon there. afternoon MJ welcome thank you very much um, my cousin and I are very excited we're joining the orchestra on the 27th of March for the oh. very very first time oh fantastic so, <laughs> yes, yeah. extremely excited yeah. so everything ticks um, passports up valid uh, we booked our flights we've got our actually both of us are, are vaccinated so that's that's great yeah. I'm not worried about anything yes. my only worry is the pocket money on board for the week <laughs> from Monday to Friday I'm like Honestly, we saved hard for a very long time for all this, and now I'm like, it is the month. Do we actually have enough pocket money to survive on board? Yeah. What is a reasonable amount to have on board for you to enjoy your five days? For oh, five days, you said, ne? Okay. Yes, it's man. It's well. It's not. A, it's it's Monday night. You're leaving, and you come yes. in. You 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 coming back on Friday morning. So it's very much three to four days. But mm. it's a little. It's a long time of fun. Do you have money? <laughs> it's enough. How I'll leave it to Ross. <laughs> yeah, MJ, uh, stick around. I'll leave it to Ross. Thanks very much, MJ. It's a great question, and thank you very much for the support as well. Um, I guess it's it's a difficult question because uh, everything from a food perspective and everything is included, but drinks are 
um, in dollars, which uh, unfortunately the rand has taken a hammering, so it's increased the price. I think if you are frugal with your with uh, with drinking in terms of alcohol and cocktails, I think you could probably get away with between one and a half and two thousand rand for for um, those four days, um, and and that wouldn't mean you'd have to scrimp on things. You wouldn't mm. have to worry about uh, whatever. But you know, purchasing things in the shop, uh, curios, that kind of thing is uh, is obviously uh, costly, and the drinks are in dollars, which is is something we're busy looking at at the moment because the exchange rate mm. kind of caught us a, a, a bit un- a, a bit a bit of a surprise in yes. the devaluation of it. We we ca- we thought it wouldn't devalue that much, um, but you know, probably looking at between one and a half and two thousand rand, uh, you. You, you should be okay. Um, that is I not hope. bad. It's not too bad. No, but that's what not I bad. would suggest is that you can buy drinks packages prior to doing it. So 18 drinks cost 1,000 Rand. Um, you know, you could buy one for you and your cousin and that would lock it in and then you wouldn't have to worry about purchasing it on board. It's through a ticket process that you've already prepaid. So that's a way to lock in that drinks mm, price mm. Um, because it then uh, is in rands rather yeah. than being in, uh, in, in, dollars. in dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and M- MJ, does that answer your question? Does that sort you out? It does, it does, because we get we get some offers on, on email and like, okay, I don't know how is this helping or not. Let's say 20% if you do it now and yeah. like, uh, should we? Yeah. Should we not? So we should consider that actually. Yeah. Prior. Yeah. Right. I mean, Thank this this will be the tip for for people. Generally, in cruising, the earlier you book, the earlier you do things, the better the price, the better the 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 discount. So, if you get the opportunity in an email, it's not a bad idea to do it because uh, it will save you money in the long run. MJ, all the best, Thank and uh, come back and tell Thank us you. how it went. Hey, all the best to you and your cousin. Freddie will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> MJ there. I know you're, you're sending a couple of voice notes through and I want to go uh, through them before the end of the show. They came through to 072-702-1702. I just want to ask um, Mr. Rouse a question. Uh, why are the pictures so expensive on board the MSC? Okay. No Hi there. I was just wondering, if you go on a cruise to nowhere, do you have to have a passport for this cruise or not? Thank you. <laughs> Hello, Tabo. Um, please uh, find out. Or please, uh, can you ask your guest to to tell us or to indicate to us how big is this machine? How big is the ship? Because some of us do not have an idea mm. as to how big it is or what size it is. Mm. Tabo here from Protiatlan. Yes, great question from Tabo there. Let, let's deal with the one first in terms of the photo packages. Um, so again, I think the things are in dollars. So obviously we start multiplying by what would have been 15, 16, 17, 18. So they become a little bit more expensive. Th- those prices are set from from the beginning of the season mm. and, and we need to look at evaluating them for Splendid. I take the point and I think it's an important one from a South African perspective for mm. us to consider the pockets of uh, of South Africans when it comes to spending in hard currency mm. because our rand is, is not performing as well as it should. So, I, I, you know, it, it, it's set in terms of a, a sort of standard across the fleet, and then we need to look at uh, at what we do from a South African perspective. But mm-hmm. I think it's a valid point and, and something to consider. In terms of uh, two-night cruise to nowhere or cruises to nowhere, you just need a valid driver's license or ID. Okay, you don't need a passport oh. because you're not clearing immigration and you're yes. not getting off the ship. Yes. So that's a great way for also you don't need underbridged birth certificates for kids. So okay. if you want to introduce someone to cruising, yeah. pick one of the two, the, the two three-night uh, cruises to nowhere. Yeah. You don't need to go through immigration. Okay. 
Um, ship size, so uh, Symphonia out of Cape Town is 62,500 tons. Um, she's 278 yes. meters long um, and That's approximately huge. 12 stories high. Whoa. Uh, Orchestra is um, 297 meters long. Uh, she's 16 stories high and Whoa. weighs 92,500 tons. Oh, my goodness me. They are the smaller elements of our fleet. I was um, so the largest <laughs> ship in our fleet is 343 meters long. It's 217,000 tons. Yeesh. Is uh, 25 stories high. Um, and sure. we'll have all, close to 10,000 people on board at full capacity in terms My of guests and, and crew. The, the beautiful thing about that new ship is that it's 100% LNG powered. Mm. So it's got no uh, fossil fuels. It's LNG. Well, oh. sorry. It's got no uh, coal uh, or diesel. Yes. It's, uh, it's LNG powered. Yeah. Um, and uh, the bu- uh, what also works in that space is that everything that they use, the heat generated from the, en- mm. uh, from the engines, mm. is used to power the, ge- uh, the geysers. See. It's used to power the, uh, the extraction fan. It's used to power a whole lot of things, so it's almost a self-contained uh, environment on board the ship. So uh, that's that's our newest vessel. Quick question: Do you cater for halal food? We have a um, the the kitchen is not certified halal, okay. but the food is purchased halal. Okay, it's prepared in a separate section, but because of the fact that we don't have separate storages, the vessel yeah. doesn't have a halal certification. Okay, those people, those uh, Muslim guests that are. Um, very concerned about the halal mm. uh, food, you can order it and we can bring it on board and store it in a separate place, prepare it separately and bring it to you. But our, mm. our, our kitchens are not halal certified, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask uh, before we say goodbye, uh, very quickly, some procurement opportunities there. Uh, the scales, how does it work? How do you bring things on board and how can people provide those for you? We are looking very heavily to try and procure as much as we can from local suppliers. Mm. So mm. our goal in the next coming years is to do as much as 70% of our procurement locally. Fantastic. The challenge we do face, and I think there was an article out there on News24 a while mm. ago that uh, mentioned how much money cruise vessels spend yeah. and how many lettuces they use, yeah. um, is volume. And yeah. as much as we want to try and support the SMEs and yeah. uh, and uh, small farmers and that kind of stuff, volume becomes a problem because I have to be guaranteed fifteen thousand lettuces a week. Yes, or I've yes. got to be you know guaranteed uh, five hundred cases of a particular yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. in in a week or two sure. week period. And I think you know some of the the challenges from an economies of scale is that smaller suppliers don't necessarily have the 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 scale. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean we are looking at uh, revamping our procurement process so things. Uh, uh, have a look at uh, at the website and go through from there, um, and then uh, we'll look at the opportunities and and how they present themselves. Sure. So we are driving towards uh, trying to push a lot of procurement locally. Ross, we flat out of time. Thank you so much for spending so much time, so much of your knowledge with us. Really appreciate it. We wish you the absolute best, and I'm sure that a whole lot of us will be uh, clamoring for your website to get more information. All the best to you. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the privilege. Thank you so much, Ross Falk. is the managing director of MSC Cruise Ship South Africa. Africa and uh, he was uh, this was our master class a